0: Good morning.
1: You're just in time.
0: Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement.
1: Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Welcome in. I'm Amanda Miller.
0: And I'm Dave Orsborn. And we are thrilled to have you with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show.
1: Cam Clutter, <clears throat> excuse me, Cam, Cl- <laughs> Cam Clutter, as always, is our faithful barista. And as for our usual Tuesday, Dr. Marlin will be joining us in the cafe to continue our discussion on the Beatitudes.
0: And right after that, Sister Marie will share with us her vocation story and talk about her community, the Apostolic Sisters of St. John, which are quite new to Columbus.
1: That's right. Dave, could you start us in a prayer?
0: Absolutely. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Good morning, Father. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. Thank you for this time together. Uh, Help us to uh, just magnify your love uh, for each of us to others. Uh, Help us to be your hands and feet today uh, to bring mercy uh, into the world wherever we have that opportunity. Uh, again, just to show your love and let uh, people know that in you is love and hope. Blessed Mother, love on us. Lead us to your Son. Amen.
1: Amen. In love. the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Good morning, Amanda.
1: Good morning. <laughs>
0: Happy All Hallows' Eve.
1: Yeah, that's right. I actually didn't even realize until I was halfway here, and then I was like, oh, it's Hall- Hallows' Eve.
0: October 31st. Yeah. Would you like a little history lesson?
1: Yes, please.
0: The surprisingly Catholic origins of Halloween. Mm. The word Halloween is a Scottish shortening of the phrase All Halloween. Can you do that? All Hallow
1: Even. There you go. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Well done. Uh, All Holly or All Holy Evening dates to the 18th century. Mm. The English have a similar phrase, All Hallows Eve, which is easier to say, (laughs) with the same meaning. And both words denote the night before All Saints' Day, which is November 1st, tomorrow, and refer to the celebration of the holy men and women who are recognized in the Catholic Church as residing in heaven. Pope Gregory III established the Feast of All Saints Day in the 8th century. And then Pope Gregory the IV made it a holy day of obligation for all Catholics.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: So along with its celebration, All Saints Day was given a special vigil mass the night before, which is tonight, mm-hmm. which led to that day uh, being regarded by Catholics as Holy Evening.
1: There you go. So
0: there you go, folks. When people say, hmm, what are the Catholic roots of All Hallows' Eve? You're prepared to tell them now.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I appreciated learning about the tradition of Halloween is like where the idea of trick-or-treating comes from. And if this tradition is correct, it comes from a, a European background of people would make uh, soul cakes and then beggars would come around in, in exchange for praying for the their loved ones.
0: Mm, I wonder what a soul cake is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah a little pastry I suppose.
0: <laughs> I love it. mm mm-hmm. am Gonna have to track down me some soul cake today. <laughs> How was your evening?
1: It was good. I um I would I got invited to be a part of the CCYAC debriefing meeting and mm-hmm. planning for next year. So I was happy to be invited and kind of get the scoop on what's going to be happening next. So a lot of great things. They're in the midst of planning. So looking forward to that next year.
0: And that's the Columbus Catholic Young Adult Conference. That's right, Dave. Excellent. And what a great ministry. Uh, uh, Maria Tarbell was in with us last week. And keep it going, folks. You're doing great work. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I was able to make it over to St. Paul's for the veneration of the St. Jude relic. How
1: was that? It
0: was outstanding. Great. It was so good. Great crowd. It went from 1 until 10 o'clock last night. Well, actually, Bill sent me a text this morning said that the veneration actually ended after 11 p.m.
1: No way, because so, there were so many people? Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. So they had a 7 o'clock mass, and then... Right after the mass, the veneration uh, continued and went until after 11 o'clock.
1: Wow.
0: It was outstanding. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, St. Paul's, St. Paul's folks, you did a great job on the hospitality. It was really well organized, uh, a lot of joy, a lot of, uh, yeah, it was just, it it was a very nice evening. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do corporal works of mercy.
1: No way. Yeah, what?
0: We're going to talk about Mercy today with Dr. Marlin.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, I uh, with uh, one of the Knights of Columbus, we went up to their little um, like snack room that mm-hmm. they had going for all the, the volunteers, and we um, put together six or seven coffees along with some crackers and chocolates and went out to all the Knights of Columbus that were helping with parking. So to give oh, them, because it was a little yeah. brisk out there. Cloudy and... The word that we use here in the cafe is dank. Um,
1: You're just saying that because I hate that word.
0: <laughs> so we were able to bring a little warm cheer. So that was, I guess, feeding the hungry because I had chocolate and crackers. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, gave a drink to the thirsty.
1: Oh, what a nice evening. It and was there, very nice. There are other times that the relic will be yeah. in town, right?
0: Yep. Uh, today from 1 until 10 at the Newman Center on the Ohio State University campus. And then tomorrow on All Saints Day, it will be from 1 until 10 again at Church of the Resurrection in New Albany.
1: All right, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Tell you folks, get out. um, Take advantage of this opportunity uh, to venerate uh, the Relic of St. Jude. You will not be disappointed. (laughs) So, Dr. Marlin is on the line with us and we're continuing our series on the Beatitudes today, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Good mercy. Morning. Good, morning, good morning, Dr. morning, Dr. Marlin. So How are you doing? ah, wonderful. How are you doing? Welcome back. Good to have Thank you, you with us today.
2: Absolutely. Good to be back.
0: Yeah, when I hear mercy, words that come to my mind are forgiveness, mm-hmm. kindness, compassion.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think that this is part of the, uh, the continual salvific dialogue uh, that we've been diving into with the Beatitudes. And uh, just as, as, a, as a general reminder for our listening audience, really the, the Beatitude is, is the gateway, the pathway towards salvation. It really takes the, the beauty of the, of the gospel, of the Word of God, and the Word of God that took on human form, and puts it into a reality that we can see. And so when we can see that reality, then we act on it. And then part of that act is to serve, and not just serve our Lord, but serve the very identity of who he is in us, because we're created in his image and likeness. And so when you look at blessed are the merciful, uh, there is a, a sense of respect from an anthropological sense. And what I mean by that is this, that every human being is a gift. Every human being, whether they are in need or not, should always be deferred in the sense of being cared for. And so when you look at uh, mercy, uh, showing compassion or respect for the suffering, or more importantly, if you see a defect, what I mean by a defect means that there's someone in need that doesn't have something that they should. And those needs could be water, food, shelter, clothing, um, or someone to listen to, or someone who is in need of counseling those are elements or backgrounds when we exercise this beatitude of mercy, uh, blessed are the merciful, because we immediately have our senses raised to <clears throat> seek those who are in need. And to also, you know, the sense of mercy is really reconciliation forgiveness, that we look towards this element of faith where if someone has wronged us, we look towards them and we want to basically uh, seek healing with them, reconciliation. We want to address the wounds and that those offenses should not be greater than our love for them and really our love for Jesus Christ.
1: You use the word defect, Dr. Marlin, and that just makes me think, well then we all need mercy from each other because this side of heaven we don't have perfection and we each have our own defects.
2: Correct. And I think one of the uh, the things with uh, this popular uh, <clears throat> term, excuse me, is uh, we carry wounds. And so our wounds uh, tend to become our dogma sometimes, and we have to be very careful with that. And uh, that dogma can, can can develop into a, a doctrine of sorts, and that doctrine really becomes the uh, the mantle of how we live. And so that, that impedes our ability to, one, seek forgiveness or request it, at the same time show mercy to those who are also struggling. So we are defective, and that's not a negative. That's just addressing the fact that we carry sin. We carry the, the, the wounds of sin, even though we seek forgiveness and we're striving. And uh, that's really part of uh, being a saint, is the fact that saint does not mean that you are perfect. Saint means that you address the wound, you address the sin, and you make the proclamation, I love you more, Lord, than my sin, and I know I will fall, but I will get back up. And that's, that's really part of this beautiful path to mercy.
0: Dr. Marlin. Excuse me, Delatorre is in the cafe with us this morning. In in my experience, doctor, uh, being merciful with myself is a challenge. And and how does that work then? Um, I I think you can't give what you don't have, and and so is that first step finding being merciful with ourselves and inviting God's mercy into our own lives?
2: It, it, it can be, Dave. I think that that's part of a, of a very beautiful equation that you've started. Uh, when we look at our own being and our own identity, from the very onset of, of our birth, um, there is the reception of being nurtured and nourished. And so this is very intimate to who we are as, as human beings, as children of God that we desire to be nurtured and nurtured by our Lord. And so in that nourishing element of who he is and his love, that's carried over by our parents. And so this, this continual paradigm of being nurtured and nourished is essential and vital for our understanding and our well-being as children of God, and that we have respect for ourselves and dignity for ourselves. And so when that is fractured, when that is wounded, when that is displaced, unfortunately, then we will, in many respects, struggle with identifying ourselves as being worthy, as, as being a gift of God, as struggling with our own sins and impediments, because uh, at times we may look at ourselves as being unworthy or not being worthy enough to be nourished or nurtured or cared for. And so we, we carry these ones. This is a result of the fall. Uh, it, it's not a, a quote-unquote spiritual death sentence. It doesn't mean that we cannot receive or that we cannot give. It means that there are certain elements that will impede or try to dissuade us, and that's exactly what the devil wants to do. And so when we look at ourselves and we become our own worst enemy or our own worst spiritual executioner, we have to realize that God does not do that through his Son. God did that in the Old Testament uh, through a, a just work, whereas those who refused to repent were dealt with God directly. But in that calamity, in that spiritual calamity that he addressed, Mm. he brought the Son. And this is the important uh, point, when we look at ourselves and are harsh towards ourselves and do not show mercy uh, because of our actions, that Christ is mercy, that our Lord brought that distinctive element of reconciliation and forgiveness to our understanding. That's why he emphasizes the prodigal son in Luke 15, that's why he talks about the element of being merciful and forgiving in Luke chapter 3. This is why he gives the power to bind and loose in John 20. We we have these elements of faith that reveal, are revealed to us in Scripture that says, You know what? I am his gift. I may not feel that way today, but I know I am. Uh, and he will show himself to me. He will reveal himself to me. I just have to just be intent and listen and walk through this narrow valley, walk through this shadow, and I will see Him. This is why the reflection of, say, Psalm 23 is so beautiful, Mm -hmm. because the, the immediate point that the Davidic Psalm says is this, the Lord is my shepherd. Right off the bat, this is the proclamation of the gospel, the profession of creed, the ascent of faith. And these are three elements that allow us to really overcome those times where we don't feel worthy or that we don't or should not receive mercy. God is there, and that's the beauty of this whole drama of salvation. And uh, the Beatitudes, really, when you look at this Beatitude from this perspective, really, I think, opens the world to, our, to the mindset that, yeah, God loves us, irregardless of how we may feel of ourselves
1: we we had started this discussion with the thought of um of course the beatitudes being our pathway to salvation and then Mm -hmm. therefore part of that is is our own actions Mm -hmm. and so i would i mean blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy and then we have all the corporal and spiritual works of mercy could you just share with us kind of how that weaves into this beatitude
2: well when you look at the spiritual works of mercy in general uh, for the sake of time you're looking at the the spiritual well-being of the person and the intention to bring that person closer in union with God. And through intercessory prayer, okay, through praying for for the needs of the souls in purgatory, through allowing someone to to come into an understanding of God, when you do a spiritual work of mercy, what you're doing is opening up a pathway uh, to overcome any impediment, to reveal the glory of Jesus Christ in, in your life. And so, when you look at mercy, uh, it's a beautiful segue to see, you know, God loves you, infinitely loves you, and that He is merciful because He will forgive you. That He offered His only begotten Son. Let's so look in the infamous John three sixteen verse, and this is part of the, the spiritual works of mercy uh, that they're called to bring to light an awe and wonder that God exists through His Son. Obviously, He made Himself manifest through His Son as well and that we see this encounter with him, this actual journey that is real, that is alive. And the corporal works of mercy bring to light the fact that you're driven by your your disposition of the soul, by your ability to pray to God, that you're driven to help those in need in the name of our Lord. And so the the, the corporal works of mercy come into play where now you're feeding the soul, but now you're feeding the body, and now you're taking care of the needs of those souls who are in desperate need of anything um, that they may not have received, that they're desperate to be clothed, to be sheltered, to be fed, uh, to be home, so to speak. And, and these are the interplays that we encounter with this beautiful beatitude, because it uh, look at it from this perspective theologically. We, we initiate the Word of God, we proclaim the Word, but the Word in and of itself is the foundation that drives us to actually believe, and that's where the creed comes in. So when you look at the spiritual corpor- corporal works of mercy from a beatitude perspective, we are, we are driven to pray, and then we are driven to feed. And, and this is very important for us, because we have to breathe with both lungs. We cannot be separated uh, one from the other. They both are intimately tied together. And, and this is where you look at the reference to the incarnation, where God, where Jesus is both fully human and fully divine, and there's a reason for that and so when you look at the beatitudes and you look at the spiritual corporal works of mercy they are incarnational in identity and really the reality of this is we participate in this incarnational identity through the holy eucharist and so these are just the beautiful interplays, Amanda, that we have in this
1: mm-hmm. it's so fitting actually because i think sometimes as christians we can look at the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, and maybe kind of think, "Oh, I'm I'm failing, or I'm not doing enough, yep. or how do I even get started?" And mm-hmm. I mean, these next three days, we really have the opportunity to pray for the living and the dead, and yep. I, we can just get started there.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, because every it's it's kind of funny that something so simple yet is some, is overlooked. And the fact that we we have the ability to intercede at a moment's notice for someone. So, I mean, if you're walking downtown Columbus, whatever the case may be, someone looks downtrodden, then you just come up to them and say, "You know what, um, sir? Good morning. You seem a little down. May I pray with you, or may I pray for you?" Um, <clears throat> those are things that are very powerful. It's something that may be unexpected to the person receiving it, but it may make just their whole worldview different and say, "Oh, God does love me." And so, we have a waking opportunity, especially. All Hallows Eve tonight, uh, with All Saints being part of the communion of saints in prayer, and then praying for the souls of purgatory on November 2nd to really do this beautiful, triumphant, and trifecta spiritually of praying for those in need, especially for those who have fallen and those who are waiting to be embraced by our Lord in heaven.
0: Dr. Marlon Delatorre is here in the cafe with us this morning, and we're talking, uh, continuing our series on the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful. They will be shown mercy, and Doctor, it seems that the greatest easiest opportunity for us to practice these corporal and spiritual works of mercy is the school of mercy that we live in, right our families and our homes
2: absolutely I think that one of the greatest things um, any parent can do is uh offer forgiveness, mercy, and reconciliation when you've done a wrong within the family. Uh, Probably the greatest obstacle within families is forgiving each other because we know each other well. Mm. We know our mannerisms. And I hear this often every day in in my nearly 30 years of teaching um, that the greatest obstacle for forgiveness and reconciliation is sometimes within the family. And so when we can display a, a sense of proper mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation, when a parent can... Uh, be a witness to a child when they go to confession and plead for mercy and forgiveness for the wrongs that they've done. When uh, you can incorporate just a, a sense of, Lord, I forgive you, help me to forgive my children, help me to forgive my wife, help me to forgive my relatives. When you do that as part of your your spiritual bond with family, uh, beautiful things will happen. You understand that that we are sinners, that we are broken, but we're not broken infinitely. That's the key that God made us in a way where we can always be reconciled and be loved by him, and that our eternal home is heaven. And the key with reconciliation, David and Amanda, is that the home should be a, a pedestal to heaven, that the aim of every household is to bring God's family members, especially from parent to child, the opportunity to see that heaven awaits. And that's through intercessory prayer, obviously to having a, a focal point in the home, that drives you to go and proclaim the gospel, that strengthens you to go to Mass, that strengthens you to, to seek those that are lost and bring them back to Christ. So th- this becomes all the, the important precipice of, of the family household, especially with the sense of mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation. And from a practical standpoint, it's not bad to do a family examination of conscience every week to bring that to fruition.
0: I love it. I love it. Um. Are you saying to approach kind of a a corporal examination of uh, conscience within the family or to, to make it personal habits or both?
2: It's both, actually. And, and depending on, on the on the role of the family at the time, it can be both. It could be a corporal one of what I have done, not done, to help my fellow brother in need. Mm-hmm. But also from a spiritual perspective, um, where have I wronged through my words, through my actions, through my deeds? Uh, what have I done that has dispelled or rejected Christ in, in the household? So these, these beautiful elements can work to our advantage. That's the beauty of the spiritual corporal, corporal works of mercy is you can incorporate an examination of conscience when that, where have I failed to serve someone in need? Where have I failed to pray for someone? Where have I failed to lead someone to mass? Um, how have my words or my actions be a deterrent to Christ in the home? So these are beautiful things that when you look at them, I face, value, I say, oh, I did that. Hmm, I need to address that. Oh, I showed my son. Oh, that was a bad example. Not that we're trying to bludgeon ourselves spiritually with that. No, we have to be aware of what we do. And, and awareness is key Uh, to conscience. And conscience is what drives our intellect and our will to respond to these things well. And uh, so it's important that within the household, this examination, however you want to go about it, whether through a spiritual or corporal element of mercy, um, can really benefit the family uh, towards a greater sense of good, especially with the upcoming uh, Advent season, with Thanksgiving, uh, really even more acute to bring awareness to the, the spiritual corpus of works of mercy uh, from both the spiritual and physical needs.
0: Love it. Dr. Marlon Delatore, continuing our series on the Beatitudes. Thank you, doctor.
2: You're most welcome.
0: And next have a great week. Oh, you too. And next week we'll be back uh, with blessed are the clean of no. Yeah. Yeah. Blessed, blessed are, are, the are the clean of heart, clean of heart, heart. for they yeah. will see God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Look forward to it, doctor.
2: appreciate you both thank Mm -hmm. you appreciate you
0: god bless you coming up next is sister marie from the apostolic sisters of saint john joining us here in the cafe refill that mug we'll be right back